You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Final Rise, Onyx Hunt, Nastra, Gunner Kennels, and Anookshook Professional Dog Food. And you're listening to episode 96 with Eric Peterson. Nastra, National Shoot to Retrieve Association, one of the best organizations that I have been a part of for the last several years. I highly encourage you to check out Nastra and think about becoming a member today. They have so much, um, so much going for them in the aspects of regional or local trials um, and a great community, a great community of people who are willing to help and support and encourage new dog handlers and, and get them enfolded into the sport of upland hunting, dog training, and all that goes with it. Final Rise Gear. Guys, this is the best, hands down, upland hunting vest on the market today it was just awarded the 2023 upland hunting vest of the year which is huge check out finalrise.com check out all their products and much more if you are not an onyx elite member already i would highly recommend hit pause right now on the episode go sign up for an onyx elite membership right now use promo code rookie 20 Save 20% off your membership at Onyx Hunt, the number one digital mapping software in the world. It is going to open up hundreds of thousands of acres of publicly accessible land for any bird hunter. So go check out onyxhunt.com now. Anook Shook, professional dog food. You guys know I love Anook Shook. My dogs have been rocking it for several years now and have been performing at their best than they have on any other food brand out there. Uh, Anook Shook is a great family-owned company uh, supporting the upland and bird hunting community, which I absolutely love. Anook Shook professional dog food is a highly dense formula that gives bird dogs exactly what they need to perform in the field on long hunts over the uh, summer training, fall hunts, whatever it might be. Uh, Nook Shook has really put the time and effort into crafting a formula uh, that's going to fit your dog and your needs. They have marine, they have uh, the high 32, 32, they have 30, 25, they have 26, 16, you name it, they, they got you covered. So check out anookshookpro.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and I am glad to be back with you for another episode. I uh, hope everyone's doing well out there. We are about a month into the 2023-2024 Upland Bird season, and uh, I've been seeing a lot, of, uh, a lot of people tagging the Upland Rookie Podcast on the social media, uh, which is awesome. I love seeing what you are experiencing out in the prairies. Uh, or mountains. Some of you have been chasing chasing some mountain grouse. Uh, some of you have been out on the Chucker Hills. Uh, it's awesome. I love seeing it. I love hearing um, you know what you're excited about and what you're learning out there. It's one of the things when we started this podcast uh, many 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 months ago, uh, th- about three years ago now. Um, you know, one of the things that I just love that um, we're all learning something. We're all at some stage in the journey, whether we're a year in or whether we're 10 years in. We're still learning. We're still growing as, as dog handlers and bird hunters and outdoor, uh, outdoorsmen and women. And uh, that's, that's what I love seeing. I love seeing us all grow um, along, our, our, um, uh, along our journey. And so I love seeing those aspects. I uh, hope everyone's having a good year. 
Uh, one of the things I haven't talked about in a while is, is, you know, maybe capturing some of your moments, whether that be pictures or whether that be um, through journaling or uh, writing some things down. Like, what was that hunt like? Uh, what were some moments uh, that you, that just stood out to you that you're going to want to remember years and maybe decades from now? Uh, again, pictures for me are, are a big thing. I take tons of pictures, uh, whether it's, you know, training or hunting, uh, before a hunt, during a hunt, I take a picture of the hotel, like, like different things, uh, aspects along a hunt for me with my dogs and and good friends. I want to remember those aspects. And so what is it for you? What is it for you this year um, that you're going to take a little time, put a little effort into capturing those moments, whether that be, again, journaling, photos, video, whatever it might be. Uh, I think it's an important part. As, as Upland Bird Hunters, we get to see some beautiful country, and we get to have some experiences that not a lot of people will ever get to have. Uh, we get to see some, some of, uh, of this country, uh, sunrises, sunsets, uh, beautiful animals, uh, just God's creation in general. And so uh, my encouragement would be, it is early October, the season's still just getting started for a lot of us. Um, so how are you going to intentionally invest in this season and capturing some of those moments, some of those memories that you want to hold on to for a lifetime? So that'd be my encouragement. Um, but on today's conversation, I'm really excited. I sat down with Eric Peterson. Eric Peterson... Um, he started, well, we'll get into his, his story, but uh, he does a lot of awesome, awesome video work, some photography. Uh, and so our conversation, guys, I just have to say is one of my favorite conversations I've had on the podcast. And I, I don't say that lightly. Uh, I enjoy each and every guest that I have on the show. I learned something myself. Uh, Eric, though, is just something special about this conversation. We talk about really the storytelling behind a, a video that he'll produce or uh, kind of the writing process in, in and what you want to capture and how you capture it. Uh, It was a really fascinating conversation. We also kind of take a a turn in the conversation and talk a little bit about, you know, what it is, you know, being uh, passionate outdoor enthusiasts, people who love bird dogs, hunting, you know, big game, small game, birds, whatever it might be. But then how does that how does that collide with family and kids and, and raising kids in the outdoors and, you know, having those experiences with your kids and, and how do you balance it? How do you balance it with, you know, work and, and all those things as well? And so really, really rich uh, conversation I had with Eric. Now, I'm actually going to break this one up into two parts. Uh, got a little bit lengthy and uh, I think it's just a lot of good content there that I hope you guys enjoy as much as I did. So I will be sure to drop part two of our conversation in just a couple days. So make sure you guys listen to both. And other than that, we're going to dive right into my conversation with Eric Peterson. Well, Eric, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on the podcast here, man. Um, and I've been wanting to get you on here for a little while, and so I'm glad we could could finally make it happen. So thanks. Yeah, thanks. My pleasure to yeah, be man. here. Absolutely. For sure. Um, Eric, why don't you uh, kick us off and put us on a map? Where are you talking to us from? And uh, maybe give give the listeners an overview of who is Eric Peterson. Sure. I am talking with you from Livingston, Montana, which is uh, about 30 miles east of Bozeman. For those of you who don't know where Livingston is, but have heard of Bozeman, uh, southwest Montana. I've been here uh, for about 23 years, called Montana home. Um, and I suspect I will die here because I haven't found a better place to live. Uh I am a dad to two teenage boys and two four and a half year old 
twins, a stepdad to two four and a half year old twins. So I kind of cover the spectrum of uh, toddlers and teenagers right now, which is a bit of a wild ride, but also super fun. Man, that, that's intense. You got yeah. both ends there. The teenage yeah. twin life. Oh, yeah. it's pretty wild. And it turns out there's not that much difference between teenagers and twins. They generally talk about, you know, the same type of topics. You have the same kind of tantrums. Uh, so it, yeah, you use similar parenting techniques on both. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I, uh, I, I got twins as well. They're four, almost four. Really? Uh, boy, oh, boy wow. and girl twins and uh they wow. are they're, they're fun i mean they're awesome but yeah I, I can relate at least on that front my my oldest is 11 so we're not quite into that teenage okay. life yet but that's yeah you're getting there yeah, yeah we're getting close <laughs> getting close yeah oh, that's fun and, sorry how old were your twins uh four and oh, a half they're, yeah they're close very fun they're age close, man that's awesome yeah yeah. Well, very cool, man. Um, and I know we were talking a little bit before uh, we started recording, but you are a Minnesota Wilds fan, right? I am. I grew up in Minnesota. Um, and yep, Twins, Wild, uh, Vikings fan um, by nature of not having a professional sports team to cheer for here in Montana. Yeah. I just defer back to the home, the homeland. Um, yeah, I've lived here, like I said, 23 years. I grew up um, in central minnesota the son of a extremely avid hunter um, my dad still is a big time um, big game hunter yeah. lives for that and turkey oh, so nice. got got the turkey addiction so, oh yeah hard yeah <laughs> that's awesome hey did you yeah. uh yeah. You know, when we were talking a couple of weeks ago did you just go on a, a big game hunt recently somewhere or were you i was i'm supposed to be leaving on sunday in a few days but we just got word yesterday, actually, that uh, the hunt is canceled because there's some fires up um, north of the Brooks Range that's oh, got no uh, airline travel snarled all up. People are out in the bush trying to get back. Oh, People shit. are in um, Kotzebue trying to get out to the bush. And so I think uh, between fire and just the schedule getting behind that, that part, that Kotzebue area is huge for caribou this time of year. And there's just a ton of traffic and I think they just got behind and uh, they just don't have the airline power to move people around right yeah. now. So I'm not sure where that stands. I'm really bummed because I have all my equipment, yeah. all my camera gear packed, oh, all my shoot. gear packed up and we're ready to leave. So I'm hoping that one will get rescheduled. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be a father-daughter caribou hunt film that I was going to shoot. Oh, so no it would be a really cool story. I'm hoping oh, it still comes together. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, hopefully, man, that can get uh, rescheduled. I was going to ask if it was, a, it was a personal hunt for you or just some video work you were doing. Yeah, video work, although I did have a tag, and oh. uh, I've filmed a, a fair amount in Alaska, and the one species that I've always wanted to chase is caribou. I just kind of mesmerized by that yeah. and would love to see that migration and hear that migration. Um, so I'm hoping it'll come together. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty special. Well, hopefully, it can you guys can yeah. get it figured out? Yeah. Um, are you are you still pretty big uh, into up or uh, obviously bird hunting and big game still? Are you pretty you kind of dabble in both those worlds? You know, I for the most part just upland hunt these days. I I bow hunted a lot. I big game hunted a lot when I was younger. Um, and just in the last few years, I've pretty much switched over to just upland. Um, a combination of my kids getting old enough to big game hunt now. So my focus is on trying to get them out and get them on game. And, 
getting two bird dogs instead of one. And it just makes it that much harder to leave dogs <laughs> behind to go chase deer, elk or whatever. So I still get out big game hunting, but it's generally uh, with the focus of getting my kids yeah. out. Yeah. So. That's a, I mean, that's, that's a, such a true point. Um, you know, that once you add the dogs in there, especially it, it, it's hard to go do other hobbies when you, when you're, you know, got the dogs at home and, you know, you yeah. put time into training them and, you know, working them. So that's, that's a hard, it's a hard dynamic. Yeah. And it was hard to leave my one dog home when I went, you know, bow hunting for elk for a week or whatever. And then you add a second and it's just like, well, what's the point of having dogs if I'm not going to be out running them on the weekends or on, you know, on my days off. So yeah, absolutely. something had to give. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Well, Eric, why don't you, uh, why don't you back up a little bit in your, your story of hunting and all that? Um, take us back of, of where did this, I have a pretty good idea and you mentioned your dad already, but yeah. take us back yeah. a little bit, uh, where did this passion develop for you, the outdoors, hunting, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I was really, my parents, uh, they were both, they're, they're both avid outdoors people. Um, we grew up hunting, camping, fishing. If we had days off, we were, you know, at a cabin or camping or hunting or whatever, um, I've got three brothers and we were all, all four boys and, and my dad were, were pretty avid. We, uh, you know, started out like any good mid Midwesterner, we started out deer hunting and that grew into bear hunting to extend the season. And then that grew into muzzleloader deer hunting to extend the season a bit more. And, um, my dad always had a black lab when we were kids, he was not much of a bird hunter. He, he, like I said, he was avid big game, but would still do some waterfowl hunting, um, and a little bit of grouse hunting. So we always had a dog around. Um, and then when I was in, when I was in high school, I started working for a dog trainer, um, helping him train in the summers. And I did that for four years. Um, and that's where I ended up with my first dog. I got a black lab out of one of his litters and that kind of set me off on this path um, of, yeah, just chasing birds. I, it was always a struggle to get my dad's attention away from deer long enough to, to get him to take me grouse hunting or duck hunting or whatever. Uh, but as I got older and more independent, I, you know, turned my attention to, to waterfowl and, and, uh, upland game. And then I graduated college in Minnesota and the day of my graduation, I skipped walking, uh, for graduation and had my truck loaded and moved out to Montana the day I graduated <laughs> college. Cause I had been coming out here and working construction in the summers and through college. So I knew where I wanted sure. to be. Um, so <clears throat> I made that transition pretty quickly and moved out here with, with that same black lab that I started out with, um, had her for a year or two while I lived in Montana before she died. And then pretty quickly, uh, after moving here, realized for this kind of country, the pointing dog is really the way to go. So then I got a, a short hair and that kind of set me off and running into the a whole no, dog, the rabbit hole. Yeah. Right? It just, it, it, it yeah, takes yeah. you in and sucks I'm, you in. It does. And I'm still in that rabbit hole pretty deep <laughs> and almost found my way back out. So I, I don't think there is fun. an end to it. It's just, it's just continuous no. tunnels and oh, oh, new dog over here. No, another, you know, new bird to chase exactly. over here new species, new state, new, yeah, all of that. That's, that's yeah. so fun, man. Um, with, yeah. is your dad still just avid big game hunter still? Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. I just talked to him this morning and he was making plans. He's got, 
in September, he leaves Minnesota. He's spending a week in North Dakota to deer hunt there and then having his nephew pick him up from North Dakota to drive to Montana to do an elk hunt oh, right yeah. up immediately after here for two weeks. He's got, yeah, he's got a three-week uh, block there where he's going to be elk and deer and bear hunting. That's so. awesome. He's retired and, and living the dream. Oh, that's, that's, that's something that gives us, I don't know, some all hope to look forward to <laughs> for the, re, the retirement yeah, age absolutely. when, you know, you don't have little kids at home and you're able to, you yep. know, go, go chase whatever big game, small game, whatever it is. Oh, that's yep. exciting. Yeah. What is it, uh, what's, what is it for you, Eric, thinking about kind of your journey and, you know, going from, and you started working in, you know, for a dog trainer when you were younger and it kind of sounds like it kind of just snowballed from there, the love for dogs and upland hunting and all that i guess what is it for you that kind of keeps you coming back what what is it special about upland hunting bird dogs waterfowl that that gets you excited still um i mean i think at the end of the day it's the dogs and watching them work and and having that companion in the field that you you have such a tight relationship with and then getting to see them do the thing that they they're on the on this planet for right um that's a big part of it also now at this stage, it's my kids. Like I, I love getting them out. I love, uh, watching them experience the thing I love. Um, and watching, you know, that light bulb come on when they, when things start to click for them, it's, that's been the most fun of the last few years as they have gotten their hunter safety done and started hunting. And, you know, wing shooting is such a challenging thing, even for adults, for me still, uh, it's such a big learning curve and it's fun to watch that transition of them barely being able to get the gun shouldered because they're little and the guns are big and, and then starting to figure the progression out and the swing and it's a lot to, you know, all the things. It is, it's a ton to put together to end with a successful, uh, you know, connecting on a bird. Um, so that's now what, what gets me out the door for the most part is just watching my kids do it and enjoy it and spending time outside with them and, um, you know, teaching them some of the things that my dad taught me. Yeah. That's awesome. And you said your two oldest, your, your teenagers, uh, two boys, you said, yeah, two boys. They're now, um, they're now 13 and 15, soon to be 14 and 15. So we're done. And are they, you kind of seeing their natural, are they gravitating towards big game more turkeys upland? Like where, where are they kind of, they just want to try it all. My youngest is still just upland hunting. Uh, he loves the dogs. He loves the dogs are his buddies. So he loves being in the field with them. And I think there's a little bit of fear of the big, the big loud rifles, you know, for big game. Um, my oldest has gotten really into deer hunting. He's gotten a few deer now and that, you know, that success breeds interest and interest breeds (laughs) success. uh, as that snowball is kept rolling, he gets more and more into it. So that's fun. You know, just having him come to me and be like, I really want to deer hunt on opener. I really want to try and get a whatever, you know, um, that's fun to experience where it's not me pushing sure. them. Cause in the beginning, there's some level of like, if they're going to do it, it has to be, it has to come from you the parent on some level. Bit. Right. Yeah. And you got to kind of walk that line between, um, making it fun, making it their own and still kind of pushing it along. So, um, 
there was a lot of a lot of donuts, a lot of road treats uh, <laughs> in the early years to keep oh, them yes. interested in going. Oh, yeah. And now that kind of transitioned into, like I said, like they're they're um, starting the conversation and they're they're the ones asking to go. So that's that's rewarding for that's, sure. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's kind of kind of that. Yeah, the nudges you have to make in the beginning or yeah. bribery, whatever whatever we want to call it, kind of kind of pays off yeah. in the end. Once, like you said, once they. Once they're asking, once they're kind of, you know, pushing that conversation, that's, that's when it becomes fun. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Now they're old enough that they can, they can carry the gun all day themselves sure. and they can keep up with me. And, you know, it's, it, it's a different type of reward as they get older and start owning it a bit more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, talk about your yeah. dogs a little bit. So, uh, and you said you, you picked up a short hair after your lab. Um, one, what led you to a short hair and talk a little bit more about your, your two dogs now. Um, yeah, I went from a lab to short hair. Like I said, just, it was pretty obvious that to cover the country, this big open country in Montana, that a, a bigger ranging dog was necessary. Um, I, I guess I just love watching the short hairs run. I like the style. I like the way they move. I like watching them eat up the miles in the field. Uh, I don't know what a ultimately brought me to a short hair the first go around a buddy of mine had a wire hair uh i think i just liked the looks of the short hair and knew i wanted a big running dog <laughs> so i got that <laughs> yeah big big, <laughs> big running short hair they run big yeah um so i had that was cash my second dog and um uh he died when he was only eight years old which was far earlier than I expected. And then I got a, a poodle pointer next out of a breeder in Minnesota. Um, really just because a friend of mine had a couple friends had poodle pointers. I like it was almost like a mashup of a, of a lab and a pointing dog. Like he ranges bigger, but he also moves slower, works the cover slower, retrieves, um, you know, some of those things that you don't always get in other pointing dog breeds sure. and that that breed has been fun i i've really enjoyed the poodle pointer um and i primarily hunt pheasants here in montana so that it's a seems like a good breed for that because like i said he moves a little slower he works a little closer yeah. um and so that's gus he's seven now and then i've got uh, another short hair that i got three years ago a three-year-old named zeke okay. so i've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old okay, now right on good it's good age spacing too for for dogs kind of yeah spread yeah. out a little bit yep. you don't you don't have two puppies to worry about and yeah yeah and this is really the first situation where i had an older dog to kind of teach the younger dog both good and bad habits which was kind of it was uh it was an interesting i it helped a lot i thought it, it, the training yeah. um it worked well from my perspective i'd never done that before yeah, but that's good man uh did you know, there's some bad habits they pick up too, oh, yeah, but definitely. it seems like the learning curve is quicker when you have an older dog to, to show some yeah, of those because, yeah. tricks. And also too, I think even experience, I, I've noticed for myself experience for myself as a handler and, you know, training my dogs. I'm like my first dog gauge, I, I kind of apologize to him sometimes and say, sorry, man, I, you're my guinea pig. Like I, yeah. all, all my, yeah. you know, not knowing things and, and inexperience was, you know, kind of shows through him sometimes, but there's also something about your first bird dog too. You're like, oh, you're the best dog ever, <laughs> you know? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I think everybody's first bird dog is the yeah. best bird dog Once ever. Right? It's hard dog. to replace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you learn so much yourself in that process yeah. um, of training that first dog and hunting that first dog. And yeah, I don't think that can ever be replicated. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, with your with your dogs, do you? Are you primarily training them yourself? So are you using a pro? Are you kind of recalling some of what you learned, you know, working for that dog trainer back in college or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've trained my, my dogs myself. I'm using air quotes for trained. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because there's, you know, there's obviously varying levels of trained. Um, My dogs are great. They're not steady to wing and shot. Uh, I've never found that to be. Uh, I've never worried about sure. that. I think it'd be, a, I think it'd be really cool. It's just not been a priority yeah. of mine. So I get my dogs to the level of where I need them, uh, or want them and kind of call it good for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I learned a lot. The dogs that I trained when I worked for that trainer were all labs. Um, so obviously there's some differences when training a pointing dog, but you know, the basics are all the same. Um, and just how to interact with the dog and get them to do what you want is all the same. It's just kind of fine tuning some of the, some of the pointing dog stuff that you want to add in. And for that, I've, I've always leaned pretty heavily on, um, Ben Williams's, uh, techniques, which is just get young dogs on wild birds as much as possible. And they, they learn the game themselves pretty quickly. Um, I'll use, I'll, I'll, introduce them to pigeons and and use pigeons early on when they're puppies for the first year or two uh but after that i for me at least my dogs have always figured out they game pretty sure. quickly it's awesome you know once they hit the second year it's like oh i know this yeah. game it's a pigeon trapped right, under, right. you know whatever <laughs> they're, uh, they're pretty smart so animals. most yeah they are and and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to live in a place where there's a lot of wild yeah. birds and i can go run my dogs whatever time of year it is, I can find some wild birds to get them on and just keep that, you know, keep them honed basically. That's awesome, man. So really the only training I do in the summer is, is trail running with my dogs to keep them and me sane and physically healthy. Yeah. Ready to to get the ground running in, uh, in September. Yeah. That's awesome, man. What was, uh, what was last season like for you, your dogs, your, your hunting season, maybe what were, uh, what were some standout moments for you, uh, from last year? Yeah. Um, a lot of my seasons, the last few years have mostly been focused around my kids, um, and, and filming. Um, so last year we did just some local pheasant hunts with the kids. And then we were shooting three different episodes for, um, for Matt Davis with final rise. Um, so that took us to Northeast Montana for sharp tails and to uh, Arizona for quail. And then we did one here in Montana for pheasants. So those were, those are fun because I get to travel and see new country and meet new people and chase new birds. And um, that's always a highlight to be able to do that. Probably two, two things stand out from last season, I guess as highlights. One, I wasn't carrying a gun. I was carrying a camera, but I got to spend the day with Ben Williams, who I mentioned earlier, who, I, you know, is just a legend of the awesome. Upland community and got to go out with him and his dogs and uh, spend the day in the field. So that was really well, that, that's, neat. Uh, that's not just a season highlight. That, that could be a, 
you know, highlight for a, any, any upland bird hunter, I can imagine spend a, spend a day with yeah. them and wow. Yeah. It was pretty magical. Uh, I was shooting a story for pheasants forever magazine. So, um, Tom Carpenter, the, the journal editor at pheasants forever is a friend of Ben's. And he asked me if I'd photograph the story that he was writing for them. So, and Ben lives just outside of Livingston here. So, um, he's a local yeah. guy who I never actually spent time with a no, you know, read sure. his books and read his articles and known about him and seen him around yeah. town, but it was cool to be able to connect with him and just, uh, you know, it's, it would be like an amateur basketball player getting to spend totally. with Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's incredible. Just, and, that, and that story just came out not too long ago, right? A couple weeks ago? Wasn't forever put yeah, out? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just released that one. That's yep. awesome. Yeah. So that was a highlight. And then the other one would be uh, opening day of pheasant season here in Montana. I took my two boys out and my oldest um, shot the first two pheasants that were put oh, up. Nice. So just watching him connect on both of those uh, two shots in a row and two birds was, I don't know, I always say it's it's magical to me when you put in so much time um, trying to teach a kid all these steps and trying to put all these steps together and practicing and missing and missing and missing sure. and missing and missing and missing. And then it, it, one day things just click and it's like the light bulb pops on and all things come together and the bird drops out of the air. And it's like, <laughs> everyone's like, what just happened? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool. Just opening day. And, and he was able to get two birds and his first wow. two shots. That's so, incredible. Yeah. Wow. That would yeah. definitely be a, one for the memory bank for sure right there. Yeah. That's awesome, totally. man. What, um, yeah. uh, what, uh, what gets you excited this thinking about this season ahead right now? What's, uh, what's kind of on your radar? Any, any big new, new species you're chasing? Any big trips you got planned or thinking about? I, I mean, I had, yeah, like that, like I said, that Alaska hunt, I was pretty excited to go up there. <laughs> Sorry to bring to up a sore about. subject again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I don't have any big trips planned this fall. Um, I'm hoping to just get some local hunts in here in Montana with the kids. And um, we have a a boys weekend where I take the boys up to northern Montana and, and stay at a friend's place every year, um, which is always a magical four days of just hanging out with the kids and hunting. Yeah that's always a highlight of the year. So I don't have any like big bucket list. Sure. Just some hunts normal, this fall. local, local fun stuff. Yeah. 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 My kids are at the age now where they're into fall sports. One's playing football, one's playing soccer. Yeah. So it's just that time in my life where hunting has to take a little bit of a backseat, sure. uh, to family duties. That's just the reality yeah. of life. I think I'm in that chapter. So, um, and I travel a fair amount for work. Um, well, I call it work. Most people would not agree with that, but, um, I travel a fair amount, so it's hard sure. to, you know, be gone for work and then be gone for pleasure Absolutely. too. So I kind of have to walk that line as, as I'm sure most people understand who have, most people who have kids yeah, understand absolutely. that. That's a great point, man. It kind of going, going down this rabbit hole. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day about this kind of topic of, of, it's just that struggle. Like I'm kind of a similar boat with you. Again, my kids aren't mm -hmm. that old, but we, we got six kids. We got, you know, a bunch in, you know, soccer, two boys in hockey, twins, a baby. So we got, we got all the things kid wise. And it's that point of, yeah. it, it's a balance of, you know, yeah. again, I don't want to say kids versus fam or 
you know, family versus hunting, but, but it becomes a natural right. point where it's like, you're always going to choose your kids, your family every day, all day. But then there's yeah. that, that at least I feel sometimes a guilty thing inside of me of going, Oh, I haven't run my dogs as much, or I don't have as many hunts planned. Yeah. And there's just that it's a hard reality. I don't think we talk about maybe enough maybe, but cause you know, we see on Instagram yeah. and Facebook of all these people who, you know, live and breathe hunting and all this stuff, which is great. And it's awesome. But yeah. It's, it's a hard dynamic. And I, I think I, I fall into that, you know, feeling guilty sometimes of, of not riding yeah. dogs as much or not going on big, you know, big hunts, but I think it's a, yeah. Or just that fear of missing out. Yeah. Like you, like you said, you see, you see other people on social media doing these epic trips and you think, man, life is too short to not do those things. But um, yeah, it's a balancing act for sure. I think as my kids get older and as I get closer to that day when they're no longer at home, it's easier for me to kind of take a half step back from hunting, knowing that seeing that writing on the wall and knowing that in four years, I'm going to have all the time in the world for myself. So right now I got to invest in, in them. Uh, that time's short too. Like, you know, yeah, that time's super short. It's going to come where, like you said, they're going to be out of the house and moving on and you you will have that free time to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, so uh, it's it's not as exciting as yeah, my not as glamorous as you might like uh, my checklist for the fall, but um, I've just kind of come to accept that that's the chapter of life that I'm in right now, and um, I love spending time with my kids, whether it's watching them play soccer and football or watching them shoot pheasants out of the sky. Yeah. That's kind of yeah, my you can, you can kind of have both worlds. Like you don't it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be yep. all kids sports, and doesn't have to be all hunting. There's a there's a healthy yeah. balance that we can, you know, figure out. Um, can my, yeah. And honestly, it's taken me about 40 years to figure that out, that, that there is a healthy balance. And, and in order for everybody to be happy yeah. and healthy, there needs to be some of that balance. Totally. Yeah. That's so important, man. At least in my world. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. It is kind of funny. And, and I have, I have no data to back this up. No, no data. So people might be mad at this, but over, over my, whatever, five, six years of being in the upland world and all that, the most, most of the people I meet most, not all, most people I meet who are like die hard, die hard bird hunters every weekend, yeah. big trips, blah, blah, blah. Either don't have kids or their kids are gone out of the house. Yeah. And and so I I make a mental note sometimes when I look at someone going, Oh, I I wish I could hunt as much as they did. Yeah. If you look beneath the surface a little bit, it's either they don't have kids or their kids are older and they're older. So yeah, that encourages me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a level playing field and it helps to keep that in mind for sure. I think to, to know that. Um, and yeah, like the reason you had kids is to spend time with them. The last thing you want to do is dart out of the house every moment you get to um and miss out on some of the most important things yeah, absolutely man absolutely well eric let's uh we kind of turn the corner a little bit into some of the some of the video work some of the creative work that you you've done um i'd love to kind of talk through that a little bit more but can you talk through a little bit uh, i guess let's go back to the beginning i guess like what what led you down the path of some of your creative video work photography things like that yeah i i um I went to college for journalism, essentially. Um, so I started my career in, in newspapers. I was a newspaper photojournalist for about 15 years, uh, working in newspapers in the West here. Um, and then I went back to grad. Well, I was offered a position as an adjunct uh, professor at University of Montana. And so I taught in the journalism department for for a year and then 
was offered the chance to get a master's degree and continue teaching. So I went back and got my, um, my master's in um, environmental science, which is essentially um, communicating complicated scientific information to the masses. Um, I sort of put my own twist on that and ended up doing a, a short film. I had been a, like I said, a still photographer for my career thus far um, in newspapers and magazines. And then uh, I met this amazing character while I was in grad school and I did a magazine story about him. He was an 89 year old ultra runner. So he was a old timer that didn't pick up running until he had retired from the forest service. Uh, and then just started running to stay in shape. Cause he wasn't um, he wasn't out in the woods every day, like he used to be. So it's just a really fascinating character. He cut his own firewood by hand with a crosscut saw and did things the hard way to stay in yeah. shape and stay active and, and vital. Um, and that film, that was my first film that I did. And that ended up playing at the Banff mountain film festival and a bunch of festivals all over the world. And it opened up this whole other arena. Of that was your this very whole first, your very first video piece you've done. That was a, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a crazy, uh, <clears throat> it was a crazy launching pad. I, I think the success of that film was largely based on the lovability of that character. Mm. Um, and he just had a great story. And um, so it kind of took off and it, it w- played it all over the world. I mean, it was playing film festivals in China, wow. which blew my mind because I was new to the game and didn't really know what I was doing. But anyway, I had an amazing experience with that film and traveling to film festivals and thought this is a really cool way to tell stories that I didn't have any experience in, but that I found really rewarding. So I kind of... Um, switched modes a bit and started doing more and more video. Um, and still, you know, early on it was largely in the outdoor adventure world. So it was like, yeah, trail running and backcountry skiing and that kind of stuff. Um, and then eventually, um, my passion for hunting in the outdoors and that love of telling stories through film kind of, came together or I forced them together and, uh, started, started doing more work in the hunting world. I didn't start out in the uplands. I was doing more Alaska hunts and that kind of stuff. Um, but then kind of eventually got narrowed down the funnel to more and more of like bringing my passions of storytelling and upland hunting together. And, and that's, that kind of culminated in what became Tailgate Tales, which was a series that my business partner Jasper and I just kind of came up with this concept. Um, we just wanted to see if we could pull it off, really, um, tell st- like cool stories in the upland world with really high-quality cinematic um, storytelling. So that was two years ago. We filmed five episodes of tailgate tales and the model was we, we chose five different artists who also were upland hunters and kind of, um, told the stories, kind of the crossover between art and upland hunting. Cause I, there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of similarities there. And I just, it was really cool to talk to people who were artistic and hear their take on the upland world. Sure. 
So, you know, we had a tattoo artist, we had a, a famous poet and writer, we had a wildlife painter, um, a musician, and then Matt from Final Rise, who's, who's, who sews these vests. Sure. Uh, and those were the five. And I, and, you know, we went hunting and we talked about that confluence of art and hunting. Yeah. Um, that was all kind of spec work. Like I said, we just dreamed up this concept and said, let's give it a try. We got federal ammo and gunner kennels and final rise to be the sponsors for that. So we could at least pay the bills and keep the sure. lights on while we were doing this thing. We were sort of testing, seeing if it would float. Um, and it did, and it was well received. And, and after the end of that, Matt from final rise approached us and said, Hey, I love what you guys did with this. I want to continue this under my banner and just, you know, do it under the final rise, um, brand. So last year we kind of pivoted on the, on the concept. It was no longer artists and it was no longer me as a host, which I was happy with because that's <laughs> but not your, not really not your sweet spot. <laughs> no, I'd much rather be behind the camera <laughs> than in front of it. Um, but we ended up shooting those three short films for Matt last fall, which, um, two of them have been released so far and the third will come out, I think next yeah. week. So dude, right on. So that's, that's kind of the progression of, um, yeah, still photographer yeah. for newspapers and How magazines to developed. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. have a lot of questions in my head right now. Um, okay. I'm going to go back way up. What is the, f- the film that you, the very first one you did that kind of went, went crazy. What's that called? Can people look it up on YouTube or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's on, uh, it's actually on PBS too, so it's easy okay. to find. It's called The Hard Way. The Hard Way? Okay. Yeah. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, because I know I'm going to have people message me if I didn't if I didn't get this in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, What's that film yeah. called? Yeah. Um, oh, man, I have so many so many questions for you, Eric. You just you unpacked so much. It's just so good. Um, okay, so so clarifying question. So are you still doing Tailgate Tales, or is, was that is that kind of gone, and now it's kind of... the the films under the final rise on belt all right that is a wrap of part one of my conversation with eric peterson be sure to tune in to part two Uh, i'll be dropping in just a couple days Uh, we're gonna finish up the rest of our conversation again this one got a little bit long uh and and again a really a rich conversation that i wanted to be able to break up into two parts let you digest it a little bit easier uh, because i think there's a lot a lot of good content here so eric thank you so much Everyone, be sure to tune in to, it's going to be episode 97, basically, in a few days. Uh, Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and go rate and review. Leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it might be. Love seeing the reviews of the podcast and what the show means to you. So head on over there, leave a rating and review. Until next time, go put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.